Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak. Because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge. Quality matters. Performance counts. Shen Gear. Waterfowl gear that is built better. And Benelli USA. Dominate the skies. Welcome back to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's up, buddy? (laughs) It makes me so happy that you do that now. Well, I mean, you know, we gotta just throw you right into the mix. I mean, so how are oh, you? Oh, I have been thoroughly thrown into the mix here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've gotten my money's worth so far. <laughs> Currently sitting amongst a pile of. I was just thinking about the fact that you haven't actually gotten a paycheck. That too. <laughs> I have been working for free the last few weeks. Oh. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect for the free trend to continue very long. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. Um, well, well, we're visited by Koi today. Yeah, Koi, come over k- here. We got all kinds of stuff going. <laughs> this this shop has turned into a uh, quite the little bustling mm-hmm. uh, enterprise. <laughs> the podcast studio has been hijacked by Pot Call Production. Sheesh. Um, yeah. We just had to kick Dutch off the mouth call cutter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, today's pretty interesting around here. We got one fellow named Dutch that's cutting the tape on mouth calls, and he's got more mouth call tape to cut than I think he's got stamina and time. <laughs> um, I've been laser engraving um, striker heads, and Aaron's about used all the E6000 glue that we can source through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is back there sanding pots, and uh, man, I don't know. Drake's got a whole pile of XLs tuned up, and Riley's burning through polishing compound like it's firewood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so pretty interesting. Busy time of year. It really is. This is a big transition, um, transitional period for us. You know, it's like the duck stuff starts to wind down, and everybody's like, "Hey, where's my turkey stuff?" Right. It's like you know. Last year we tried to we wanted you to take this January first and you told us no February first now doesn't take but just one or two warm days and everybody changes gears. I so. walked out of the house this morning had my jacket on I was like I'm I'm leaving this here yeah, it was 55 it. degrees this morning yeah crazy huh so on this episode I want the world to meet you okay so tell us all tell us your name what did your mama call you when you were born my mother named me William Patrick Frawley. Um, no one ever has called me Patrick before, but you know, it's a part of my name. Um, I grew up in a little town south of Nashville called Nolensville. Um, it's no longer small. It, yep. We did, we, I grew up in, it was about two, 3000 people lived there. They put the first stoplight in my senior year of high school and that yep. was in 2014. And now there's 12,000 people that live there. Jeez. Yeah. That was Almost 10 years ago. So, booming metropolis of Nashville, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like, metro. Oh, it's made it that far. Yeah. It's about, it's, in a straight line, it's probably 20, 30 miles from mm-hmm. downtown Nashville, but mm-hmm. 
they've made it there and they're expanding. But a lot of folks that work in Nashville are oh, choosing yeah. to live in Nolensville in the same way that like Murfreesboro. Yes, and, you know those kind of outlying Franklin. Well, Nolensville is about halfway. It's not in in a linear sense. It's not halfway between Nashville and Murfreesboro, but we're about thirty minutes from both. Okay, and so we're pulling. People that go to Murfreesboro to work and people that are going to Nashville and Brentwood mm-hmm. and Franklin and mm-hmm. yeah. That whole middle Tennessee thing has just exploded in my lifetime. I it's mean, unbelievable. Um, I was so excited because my one of my last weeks back in Nashville before I moved out here, Mary Kate was like, Oh, we're going we we got we had to go to her office and she was like, Oh, this will be the last time you see Nashville. I was like, Yeah, I can't wait. There's too <laughs> many people here. Traffic is miserable. I can definitely see how it's changed. I mean, in my lifetime we had, you know, when I was a kid, that was the only place that we had turkeys to go hunt was right. Middle Tennessee. And there were dairy farms all over the place. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, there there just was a lot of dairy still in that part of the world. And, yeah. man, they're all neighborhoods now and been developed. And it's crazy. Yep. And so much wealth in Nashville. I mean, not and not just from music. I mean, no. there's just HCA's base there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where a lot. There, I mean, you got Vanderbilt and like four or five different hospitals mm-hmm. that pull a lot of people that work there. Murfreesboro's got a pretty big hospital too. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not as big as the ones in Nashville, but yep. I mean, yeah, the health the health field is definitely a big reason why. So, how old of a gal are you? I am 26 and almost a half. Um, uh. 1996, that would be the year I was born. You're yeah. vintage 96. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. I like it. Still a youngin', but I feel like I'm about 46 <laughs> most days. <laughs> you're like you, yesterday. You're, you're definitely kind of, you err on the side of an old soul. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, So, you came to work here. I guess your first official day was uh, about mid-December when we went. Uh, your, your first day at work, we... Uh, goose Packing, hunted or yep. duck hunted or now the first day we were driving okay, day one yep, we drove yep. day two we the sat point. in a winter wheat field yep. for a few hours and yep. talked not much hunting to be had that <laughs> first morning <laughs> the sun come up. <laughs> that's a good point um and you officially kind of dove in december the 27th so tell mm-hmm. us what like walk me through post high school how'd you get here okay uh graduated high school went to samford university in Birmingham on a nursing scholarship. Okay. Um, spent about three semesters there. Uh, ended up leaving and transferred to Harding University in Arkansas. And, and you were, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were QB1 ahead of Devlin Hodges until you tore your elbow. Correct. Right? That yeah. is correct, yes. Devlin, Devlin um, he kind washed. Phil Robertson, you know. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw yes, story. I was definitely I mean, the Uncle Phil in that at situation. Early, at an yep. earlier age. I kind of felt bad for him, so I just yeah. kind of stepped down and was like, you know what, you you deserve this better than I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, that's my. We're talking about intramural you. football, yeah. right? Are we talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, but you did know Devlin there, right? Yeah, we, well, he we and all... I were in the same fraternity. Um, he, I was in there during Rush, and I wore camo one day, and he and obviously – Devlin gravitated hey, my to name that. Is Doug. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, he he and I hit it off, and he was talking about duck hunting, and he and I, you know, awesome grew up hunting. Not well, I guess probably about the same timeline because I didn't start duck hunting until I was late high school. Mm-hmm. So, but shared some. Not, didn't share some pins, but you know, talked about some places. I yeah. found out where his cabin was and yeah. his old cabin was, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, got cool. to hunt with him a 
time or two. I didn't mean to derail your life story with uh, <laughs> conversations about Devlin. That's okay. That's okay. But I do uh, think about Devlin when I hear the word Samford. Oh, everybody I mean, does. I mean, he did. You know, it's pretty it, impressive. Yeah, I mean, record. he definitely so put him, him put props. Samford on the map for <laughs> sure. There's no doubt about that. But uh, left Samford, transferred to Harding University in Searcy. Okay, and that's where the duck hunting took a massive jump mm-hmm. in my priority list. Mm-hmm. So much so that I ended up dropping out of college. <laughs> Is that a uh, voluntary dropout or yes. uh, more of a... Uh, the Harding one was voluntary. The Sanford one was suggested. Oh. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to make <laughs> dig up dirt. I just didn't know if I got you. Yeah. No, I, college, school wasn't really my thing. Yeah. I, I was always better working with my hands than it was my brain. Yeah. Um, so dropped out, started working construction. Um, and then 2020... NWTF ended up going to the turkey show and ran into an old friend that started Tetra Hearing. Okay. And um, I was just working construction, and he asked me if I wanted a job. I could move back to Nashville. I could, you know, all that kind of stuff, and then work in the hunting industry, which any kid that grew up hunting and fishing, that's what you want to do. Yeah, of course. And so I was like, yeah, I'll start tomorrow. Um, worked there for the last two and a half years as – the manager of customer relations slash wearer of many hats. Yep. Being a startup company, everybody did everything. Yeah. So, you know, we weren't really exactly tied down to one spot. But over the last year and a half, I guess, mm-hmm. two years, you and I have gotten to know each other mm-hmm. through Rob and RT and got to be friends with everybody on the team and yeah. got a phone call one day before you went to Canada and you're like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's – you. Yeah, we're dude, we're glad to have you and um pumped and I mean, I'll give you your props. I mean, I I bought a set of Tetras because uh, you networked with all of us and um I did find my Tetris the other day. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The batteries were dead. I had to change <laughs> them out, but um I've had to kind of make a serious um life decision to make sure that I protect my hearing and so um yeah. I'm not giving you credit for that life decision, but you did you did protect my ears. That, so okay. You Can I get for, partial credit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> there's two prongs to this. You know, there's like there's the personal decision that I need to do something about this, and yeah. there's the because I'm I can't hear anything, and then there's the <laughs> here's the solution part. I'm giving you credit for the solution part. Right. So. Hey, I'm good with fifty percent credit. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Story of my high school career. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's right. So uh, yeah, you got to remember, fifty percent is Hall of Fame material in baseball. It's That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly life. right. <laughs> so uh, talk to me about what you're going to do here. And obviously, I know what you're going to do here. So <laughs> I, I'm wanting you to. I'm wanting to kind of flesh it out for the for the audience. So well, uh, for, uh, obviously, over the last, I guess this will be the fourth episode. I will be taking Rob's position, hosting the podcast. Um, business development director is the official title, but kind of the same thing as it was a Tetra wearer of many hats. Yep. Um, filling orders, customer service, customer support, emails, and pretty much anywhere else anybody needs yeah. help in the shop. Filling, filling gaps. Yeah. And that's unfortunately that, you know, we're, we're working on systems around here, but um, we've had so much transition in the last 12 months or 13 months just with, um, buying the company back and mm-hmm. moving to Somerville and building out the storefront. Like, I think we're finally starting to, to level out and like create some, some systems and some routines and some things. And so it's, 
Man, it's been a challenge, but it's been a good challenge. Yeah. I'm pretty fired up about having you involved. Well, I appreciate that. I'm I'm very excited to be here. I mean, I kind of feel like we got moved in here at the per- – not necessarily the perfect time, but like you said, it kind of just feels like we've pla- – not plateaued per se, but in terms of the transition from Memphis to here. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like we've hit a point like, okay, everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Everybody yep. knows where everything's at. Like, Well, this is – so we're going into our second turkey season in Somerville. Right. Last year we were shipping stuff here, but we had um, – what he called an inkjet printer that Jason oh. found in his parents' attic <laughs> from like college that we were printing shipping labels with. We did not have a UPS account, so we were having to drive packages into Memphis, like around the Wolf Chase Mall, to drop them off at a FedEx center or wherever <laughs> to ship dealer orders. Um, and so, like all from that point forward, virtually everybody that worked here except Aaron and Russ were new. Right. So. Going into the fall in the waterfowl season, we were setting up the CNC machines. We were, you know, set like everything was new. And so I'm I'm really excited because in twenty-three, everything we do about our business, turkey in the spring and then and waterfowl, you know, in the fall, like that routine, everybody that works here will have experienced that in full. Right. You know, you're the only guy who hasn't experienced to either one. Right. And and you're not part of you're not necessarily a critical member of the manufacturing flow you right. know what i mean like yeah. you're 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 on the more on the service and fulfillment side yeah and so um I, I guess where i'm going with that back around to you because we're you know this episode is about you <laughs> meet, meet for all um i guess where i'm going with that is just that i am really excited about adding somebody that can talk to customers and network with other brands and really just kind of help us develop relationships in the industry and then relationships with our customers. Because right. we've got transactions, you know, people are ordering stuff. But how do we be a brand that cares about our customer, follows up with our customer, make sure that the customer knows that we care about them, and make sure that the customer knows the other things that we do. Right. You know, because, I mean, you hear it all the time. We always have customers saying things like, Oh, really? Y'all do custom calls? Like, mm-hmm. man, I wish I'd have known that. I could have done my groomsman gifts and, you know, yeah. matching yeah. pot calls or right. whatever, yeah. you know? I mean, um, and so, I, like, I'm optimistic about feeling like the manufacturing side of things is starting to kind of level out level out, yeah. and be smooth. You know, it's still growing. Right. But, but from a it's how, less do, chaotic. how do we do this? Yeah. It's leveling out. Yeah. You know, standpoint. Yeah. It's less chaotic. That's less. right chicken with its head cut off kind <laughs> of right, feel <laughs> right. um, so anyways that's that's all fantastic well um tell us about ata you went to ata last week huh so ata was good um what does ata stand for archery trade association okay why um, did rolling thunder game calls go to an archery trade show because I'd never been to Indianapolis, and you felt like you needed to send me. Uh, <laughs> because Just investing in right horizon yeah. <laughs> of tomorrow's youth. <laughs> yeah, we're coming out with bows next year, so that's why we went up there. But um, I mean, it's a it's a industry show, quote industry show. But there's a lot of not necessarily outfitters, but outdoor stores that mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. and that's their chance to go and place orders for the year for bows or for arrows, trail cameras, binoculars, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we were, Rolling Thunder was one of three 
call manufacturers there. Really? Who are the other two? Primos and Dead End. Okay. Okay. Which makes us one of one waterfowl call yeah. people there. Yeah. And the first day, everybody was kind of getting moved in, and, and it wasn't really, like, super busy, so I didn't want to, you know, be that guy. But the second day, I just I picked up a brute and started playing with it a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. The next two hours... I was talking to somebody. Somebody was like, were you guy blowing the duck call? I was like, yeah, that was me. I didn't know they had duck calls here. I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so that kind of kind of felt like I was trolling yeah. a little bit. That's the. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> other brands hate us at trade shows. Oh, yeah. But you have to do some trolling. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean. So. I got a couple looks from the booths around us, but at that point I didn't care. Yeah. I was just there yeah. by myself just trying to kill time, and, and it worked. It really yeah, it worked. It absolutely yeah. does. I mean. I mean. The other vendors hate you, but the customers that are there are always like, "Man, who's blowing that? That's that sounds weird. That's yeah. different. Yeah. That's, you know, just uh, something that people weren't expecting to." Tell me have some of the accounts tree. that you met, because basically at ATA, all the majors go to it. It's sort of like Shot Show for archery and right. peripheral products, where Shot Show is like guns, ammo, kind yeah. of all of the fire. It's basically it's the firearms industry. Right. ATA is the archery industry, but and we're a peripheral product to both right, right yeah supplemental yeah and the, like i said a lot of those archery shops that were there and and the outdoor stores and stuff like that they sell they don't sell just archery stuff they mm-hmm. they carry other stuff as well um but barnett outdoors was there obviously yep. um nomad was there got to see some people from nomad that i hadn't seen in a while um i guess i meant more i mean those are those are great i meant more like um accounts like people that we sell to like like the buyers from bass pro were there yes i did meet a handful of guys from bass pro um shields was there shields was there simmons was there um trying to think of some other simmons and bastrop yep um there was a there was a lot did you meet reese from fin feather and fur in ohio I don't think so. Maybe I did. I know Jimmy and, and Josh talked to him. Yeah. Um, um, there was a there was a lot of just local places. Yep. Um, there was it's, a guy from Archery Den. Archery Den is my shop that I've always went to back home. Oh, cool. Um, there was a couple people there from Murfreesboro, a couple people there from Laverne. Mm-hmm. Um, guy from Laverne, he buys for like six or seven co-ops in South Central Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of farmers co-op, like yeah, farmers yeah. co-ops, yeah, yeah. Ten- or Tennessee farmers co-ops. Yeah, yeah. We've sold yeah. calls to them before. It's yeah. been in years past, but um, did you meet any of the folks from like the farm and home uh, chains in the upper Midwest? No, but I saw an awful lot of Amish people there. <laughs> yeah, they're up there. In that there part was, of the world. I mean, that was unreal. I've never seen so many Amish people in my entire life. Were there any um, um, was it, were there customers there on Thursday and Friday? Um, like when I say customers, was it were there end consumers, end user consumers there, or was it all industry folk? Um, I, it was all industry folk. Like everybody had to have the the badge to get in. But by Friday, um, all the dealers had already come through, all the mm-hmm. buyers had already come through. So it was a lot of people that were at the show, working the show, getting mm-hmm. to walk around. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had more calls to bring because Friday, Thursday afternoon and about the first five hours on Friday, 
I probably had 50 or 60 people, hey, you selling these calls here? <laughs> no. And, and we're not supposed to. I mean, that's right, part of what you right. sign up. The agreement is like that you're not going to sell stuff at the show right. to be handed out at the show. And a few people that came up and asked that said that, oh, I guess you're not really supposed to. And I was like, well, hell, if I'd have known, I would have. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it, it, it actually did turn into a couple of good conversations. There's this kid, um, I can't remember his name. It's not Jackson, but uh, he was from Indiana. I'll say kid. He's married and has a kid, but he looked okay. really young. Yeah. Um, he stuck around for about an hour and a half, and we just talked about turkey hunting. Awesome. And so he is going to end up getting some calls from us because he was asking about him. He actually stretches and cuts his own mouth. Calls. Oh, that's awesome. And so I was asking questions about that, but he was he's kind of getting into the travel turkey hunting kind of deal and was asking me questions about Mississippi, Alabama. And yeah. I was like, you ever hunted Tennessee before? He goes, yeah, it was easy. I was like, easy? He goes, yeah, we went down to this place and shot one on the first day. And I said, where? And he told me, and I was like, don't you tell people there's turkeys there. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, nobody nobody knows where that's at. Nobody goes there. You need to keep that to yourself. And um, But he, he's a really good kid. He's going to make a trip out west this year. Nice. So, but. is uh, what, So, what do you think about um, – I just totally lost my train of thought. Took a big old gulp of coffee, and the caffeine is just just soaking in. Right, yeah, <laughs> right in between the eyes. Started early this morning, and um, what did you think about uh, Josh and the tin roof? And we man, y'all threw a y'all threw a party for some of yeah. the buyers Thursday evening, right? Us rolling thunder. Uh, we are rolling thunder. Rolling thunder nomad and Barnett rented out the tin roof. From 8 to midnight on Thursday night. And me, Josh, Jimmy, and Austin got there probably 10 after 8, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And there was like, we were like four of 10 people that were there. And, of course, Josh didn't care because the bar sold bush light, and so he was just having the time of his life. Is it true? It was an aluminum can? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. He was, I mean, he was beside himself when he (laughs) realized they had bush light. With by by the time eight forty five rolled around, you couldn't walk. It was packed. It was unbelievable. Everybody went to dinner and then and then out. Yeah, yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, well, those trade shows are hard on your liver. I mean, I mean, uh, and your sleep schedule too. Yeah, I mean, I got some weird looks when I cut out of there at about eleven thirty. They're like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "I'm going to bed, dude. I'm tired. I don't <laughs> oh, know." Eleven thirty p.m. P.m. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, Man, like, they're like, "What are you leaving for? The night's young." I was like, "Not for me. It's not. I got to go to bed, son." But now there's a bunch of people there. Um, but you know that's an important part of networking. It absolutely I mean, is. I mean, it's it's not it like absolutely you're at, you know, is. at a at a strip club or something and just yeah. being wild. I mean, it's but having access to buyers and conversation outside of the trade show hall, right? You know, over you know is really where you important. can and, just be seen as a person and talk to people as exactly. people. Like exactly. there's no pressure, there's no formal no name tag yeah. hanging. No, I yeah. mean just you like, just go just have a good time. Sit down yeah. and have a conversation. It's I mean yep. it's just a no pressure but it always blows my mind how like the the ten AM conversation on day one of a trade show and then and then the ten AM day after you go hang out. They're they're completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yep. one's like it's sort of like asking somebody permission to hunt versus, you know, being your <laughs> telling them you're place. coming. You're like, yeah, yeah, tell them you're coming. Exactly. I mean, uh, and I'll, I'll never forget. Jason Hart told me one time he was like, I was, uh, we were talking about this very thing, and he goes, he goes, 
Oh, boy, you got to build Mammoth Brands after midnight. You got to make sure you take care of your liver during the daytime because Mammoth Brands get built after midnight. That's <laughs> always like, well, oh, uh, my God. I don't have many after midnights in me anymore. I, no, no, absolutely not. Jason, Jason had left. Most of the Mossy Oak guys had left by the time that rolled around. Rocky came, uh, JD came, and um, actually, I think that may have been it. I think everybody else took off before that. Yeah. But um, Daniel didn't make it because of Mr. Uh, George's yeah. funeral. Um, yeah. I got to fanboy a little bit. I got to sit and talk to Josh and Paul Butsky for a little bit. Oh, nice. So the 10 year old, well, I say talk to, I'd kind of sat close by while they talked and kind of jumped in every now and then. But the 10 year old in me was probably. Did you tell them everything that they needed to know to fill in the gaps about their turkey hunting knowledge? Yes. They asked me tons of questions <laughs> about tactics. Here's and, how you hold the fan. Correct. Yes, that's exactly right. They, they asked me a lot of questions about the facilitation of killing turkeys because, you know. <laughs> You've got a lot to add. I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul's a killer, and so is Josh. But, I mean. Yeah. There ain't no squints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I, that made my skin crawl. <laughs> well, it. Josh was telling me, you know, he got to see uh, Paul, and he also got to see, um, was Ernie there? Was Ernie Calandrelli there? I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. He, that's the first time Josh has been to ATA, and he's a big he's a big deer hunter. Yeah, and he likes to bow hunt. Yeah, um, Fred Zink was there. Okay. He came. He came on Thursday. Cool. Um, trying to think of who else. Spencer Pruitt, Groove oh, Life yeah. was there. He and I got. He was there the whole week, so he and I got to hang out. I hadn't seen him since. He's a trade show machine. Yeah, he is. He's that a pro. Got a motor. He yeah. has. Yeah, he's been doing that a long time. He doesn't ever slow down either. Mm-mm. They have nope. that's a cool company that they've built. And, yeah, um, a cool product, and it it always it's fun for me to when I go to those shows, I can really see why some of those brands are successful, mm-hmm. and it's because of the people. I mean, they've yeah. got great products, but it's because of the people behind the scenes right. that are connecting and making relationships. You know, and like you don't you don't just go to one of those shows and just run out of ink writing orders yeah but but they're it's like a very slow moving train and it's like the fifth burn. or sixth seventh you know train yeah. you know show you end up gaining traction and you know it, it yeah it, it's a man it's a slow slow process and, it, and it's a learned process too mm-hmm. you know like I, I didn't when i got there i didn't really know a what to expect from myself but also b what to expect from the buyers and dealers walking around like after the first day i didn't i hadn't written any orders the mm-hmm. first day and i was like gosh Spencer's gonna be pissed like i don't know what to do <laughs> and then we went to dinner and went and hung out with some people and just started hanging out and talking to people and by the next day people were walking around like hey i saw you over here. And i was mm-hmm. like oh i get it now <laughs> <laughs> well in a lot of these a lot of these accounts you're gonna see again at nbs and sports inc and right. the buy group shows yep. and so I think a bunch of these buyers go to ATA to kind of see the the new stuff mm-hmm. and not necessarily to write orders. Um, and then they write orders when they get to their buy group because the buy group helps them finance their inventory and get yeah. some special deals and, you know, all that kind of jazz. Yeah, and there was also quite a few people there that weren't the people from their store, their company, whatever, that cut the check. Yep. They were just going and looking at the stuff and kind of coming back and reporting. Yeah, they were shopping around and yep. coming back and like I think we should go with this this and this. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Here are the prices kind of mm-hmm. deal. And I didn't that's another thing that I didn't know what to expect. Yep. As well. 
because I was like, you guys want to go ahead and take, well, we're not the ones cutting the check. We got it. I was like, oh. Did Josh introduce you to Mitchell or any of the guys at Dead End? Uh-uh. Mitchell's a really good dude, and um, and, and I, he's been a really kind friend to ours for yeah. years now. And um, I, I, I really like Mitchell, and Dead End's doing well. And it's because yeah. Mitchell and his team are pouring their heart and soul into <laughs> it. Um, so, anyways. Well, cool. Any major takeaways from ATA? What are you going to do different at the next trade show? Um, at the next trade show, I'll probably put a microphone on Jimmy and see exactly what he does when he put when Talk he's about talking smooth. about. Oh my gosh! Like that dude was doing something with some buyer or dealer or some account the whole time from when the doors opened to when he went to bed. Oh, no. He, dude he's, hustling. he's hustling in his sleep. I don't know how he does Jimmy it. Jimmy is a machine. Like, every time I looked up, he was handing papers to somebody. He was bringing somebody to our booth. He was doing something for Barnett. That dude yep. is unreal. Yep. And yep. knows everybody. Yep. When he was helping me move in on Tuesday, we were just walking from the doors to our booth, and he probably, like, said, hey, what's yep. up to 10 or 15 people in a 150-yard walk. Mm-hmm. What about did you meet some of our our uh southeast reps like yeah, Morris and um, Dustin and I met Dustin. Um actually I met all three of them. There's three of them that Kyle. came. Kyle was there and um what's the Kyle, Dustin and Morris yeah. or Nate. Did Nate was Nate there? I think it was just Kyle Morris and, and uh Dustin. Yeah. Crazy Dustin and Kyle are both from right here in yeah. you know, West Tennessee. They both yeah. cut their teeth at final flight and well, dudes. neither one of them told me who they were when they came up and started talking to me, and their name tag said Wisconsin, and they started talking. I was like, y'all don't sound like you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no, we're from Miss- we're from Tennessee but live in Mississippi. And so they came in, stopped by every day for 45 minutes to an hour just talking and stuff like that. And yeah. So. Cool. It ended up being a good show. Like I said, I didn't know what to expect, and yep. there weren't a ton of people there, mm-hmm. but – we made the most of it. That's right. We definitely weren't running the wheels off of it, but mm-hmm. we were we were busy enough to stay busy the entire Did time. Did you see any archery products that you're like, dang, that's revolutionary? Um, I didn't have – since I was there by myself, I didn't have a chance to go walk around. Mm. I really didn't get to see Good a answer. whole bunch of the booths. Good answer. Um, only because someone wasn't <laughs> was there to babysit balls. it while I was walking around. <laughs> but, um, Good um, answer. I mean, Matthews and Hoyt weren't weren't there – but Bear was there, PSE was there, and there was a couple other boat companies that I hadn't they, heard did of. Did they used to go? Did you hear any scuttle about that? Like, did they pull out? I think I think that at I was talking to Brody Swisher about it up there, and he was saying um, that they're they've just become so established with their dealers and their brand that they don't need to. Hmm. Like everybody knows who they are enough to where yeah. they don't need to go and do those shows anymore. I got you. I got you. You know. Yeah, it's an ever evolving world. You know, especially because. You know, back in the day, that's where uh, magazine writers mm. and stuff like that, that's where they went to find out what was going to be new, these these industry shows. And so it's like, in my lifetime, the industry shows have waned in terms of participation, like SHOT Show this week and stuff. I mean, this is the first SHOT Show I hadn't been to in a while. Right. And and I, there's no need for me to go to SHOT Show. Yeah. You know, there's not any real business that happens there for me anymore. Um, well, as those things have waned, the industry shows 
the consumer shows have just like there's been a rebirth and yeah. I mean it's a huge part of our it's our a massive business. part I mean, of our business um, and that's something else that um, I think it was I think Walt was talking Walt Gabber was talking about it. he said up uh, leading up to COVID ATA was a pretty good show mm-hmm. it was pretty busy and then they canceled it 2020 and nobody's sales changed enough to make a difference yeah. and everybody was like oh i guess we oh. don't have to go to ATA, you know but i mean i mean they still filled up the show floor yeah like there was still plenty of buy i'm not saying it was definitely not a graveyard by any yeah. stretch but yeah it's not a it's not a hopping place like it used to be but it's yeah. it's a viable part of our business for sure and it's indianapolis where parking is a nightmare <laughs> it was unbelievable parking yeah. was horrible oh mm. well cool uh so Talk to me about what do you want to try to accomplish here this year? What give me some of your goals and uh, hmm. visions and musings and goals. Hmm. Work related goals. I mean, I would like to grow the podcast. Rob has given me certainly a nice rocket ship to start with, yep. but um just staying consistent, one maybe two shows a week if yep. we can, and and um, hoping to use some of the network connections that I have developed and will develop to get some pretty mm-hmm. awesome, guests. interesting yep. guests stories, on here. Yep. Um, That's a good one. The podcast matters to me a lot. Yeah, I'm always impressed at how many people listen to the podcast. Me too. And, and it's not you know numerically it doesn't. It's not some gigantic number when you look at the analytics. I mean, it's a solid number, but it's not like, whoa, yeah. that's a big number. But what I'm always impressed by is when we don't publish a podcast, like our inbox blows up. You know, what, where's the podcast? What are y'all not? Y'all are not doing it anymore? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that it, and then at the same time, like when you say things on a podcast, it's impressive how many people remember the details of those things mm-hmm. and, and then regurgitate them back to you. And um, it's it's cool to it's that's a it's a really cool connection point for us with our customers and yeah so I'm, and podcasts are just becoming extremely popular yeah. as is i mean everybody yeah. listens to podcasts and if yeah. you hunt, why wouldn't you listen to a hundred right. podcast um so that would pro- that would be one of them this is going to be a no apparent order um that's a good one i i want to be i don't know that i'll ever be on jimmy's level but i would like to be able to be a diligent and not necessarily prolific, but adequate yeah. connection with dealers yeah. and getting new accounts and maintaining accounts and stuff like that because the, our consumer face inside between the storefront and online does really, yep. really good, but box stores and... We need to grow that side we, of the yeah, business. Yeah, absolutely. And so that those are getting to people that are just walking through and they're like, hey, I've heard of those guys. You mm-hmm. know, maybe not necessarily the kind of guys that are coming to our website, but mm-hmm. shopping for stuff and say, I've heard of them mm-hmm. or, you know, I know so-and-so that uses that. And mm-hmm. I think just the more places that we can get into, the mm-hmm. better, the more we can That's right. grow the brand. That's not, right. not, a, not only increase sales, but grow the brand as well. That's right. That's but, right. um, I don't know. There's a good snapshot right there of life at Rolling Thunder. Customer just walks in, door dings, Drake is tuning duck calls. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Only thing we're missing is Dutch over there going, cut <laughs> <"Cut> tape. <laughs> so, um, well, good, man. I mean, those are, those are two, I- I'll let you stop right there. Cause if you can succeed at those two things, you'll be, a, you know, 
gigantic success by Christmas time <laughs> next year. So another um, thing that's not super high on the priority list is I want to learn from the guys on the back right. Oh yeah, about taking pictures and filming. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's more of a personal deal because that's not awesome. I'm not. That's not something that that's really expected of me here. No, it's just but, kind of a hobby kind of deal for me. You know, if I'm gonna do it, I want to do it to the best of my abilities. Heck and yeah. Those three guys in there are. They all right. Yeah, know, they all right. They, all right. <laughs> they know Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Still miss Rob every day. Knuckle I think we've head. talked about Rob on every podcast. Good. We should. <laughs> I hope he listens and feels a little bit guilty. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Rob is doing good, and we're going we're gonna to go down to West Point at some point and see him. And I was kind of hoping we could do that today, but it's, it's not in the cards for me. I've got my oldest got elected to the homecoming court week after next and uh i gotta go buy a suit because oh. you know 12 years out here in fayette county and i ain't worn my suit yeah it had to go there, to court so you there, don't need a there suit was a time, there was a time <laughs> where i wore a shirt and tie every day to the bank and i just that's not part of my life anymore you know so i gotta go i gotta go do that this afternoon and there's some ducks that need to be killed the next couple of days and you know, I haven't been since we got back from Oklahoma and Kansas. Yeah. Not one time. Sorry. Eh, you know. I haven't I'm, been I'm, as I'm, much I'm, as I normally have. I've I've already come to the conclusion and come to terms with that I'm probably not going to get to hunt Arkansas this year. Mm. What are you doing on the weekends? Going that way, seeing my woman. Significant other. I do. I yeah. do. Hmm. I'm also just trying to build, build up brownie points for turkey season. <laughs> No, that's a man who's got his priorities in line. I will tell but you. But you went last weekend, but think I'd skip so many duck hunts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. There's also turkeys up there in her neck of the woods. Like, oh, you can, yeah. You can metaphorically kill two birds with one stone. That is you know? true. There's not, not, not near as many birds. Bird. There are not near as many birds in Middle Tennessee <laughs> as there used to be. No. Not even close. No. And there's probably four times as many people that come there to hunt. No doubt. Gosh, I wish it no was doubt. like it used to be. Well. It's not going to get like it used to be because there's houses where it used to be. So. That is true. That was one thing that I was going to say earlier when we were talking about how many, you know, cattle farms and ag farms that turned into neighborhoods. One of the places that I grew up hunting that was maybe 10 minutes from the house that me and my dad and my brother probably shot 20 or so deer, 15 or 20 turkeys off mm-hmm. of it that my best friend's parents live in now. <laughs> Like I can sit, I can stand on their front porch and say I shot a turkey there, I shot one back there, I shot a deer right down the hill. Like Dang. the biggest buck I've ever shot was in where that neighborhood is. Mm. That oh gosh, we used to roll in there and just they'd be in every tree. <laughs> not anymore. It's not like that anymore. No, times change and it is what it is. So, yep. um, but spring's coming, and I know you're excited about changing gears. I am for sure. This yep. is the point every duck season. I'm just like all right. Whether I've killed enough or not, I'm yeah. ready to do something yeah. different. Not ready that you're to, done with it, but you're just kind of ready to get it over. Ready to move on. Yeah. That's right. So, But you're going to get to hunt here plenty. You, I hope you, so. You make it through the summertime, <laughs> and I'll make it worth your while. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, well let's, I'll wrap this one up since uh, this was about you. And, and Yeah, and you did botch <laughs> the last one. So uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> See y'all.